Hi, we're here from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn how you can change your thinking to keep up with today's fast-paced world with some help from a special guest, author Leonard Mladenow. You'll also learn about the two criteria people use to judge you and how you can measure your relationship with time. Let's satisfy some curiosity. Are you worried the pace of the modern world is going to leave you behind? Do you ever feel like if you receive one more email, your head might explode? Well, one man has some suggestions for survival. Leonard Mladenow is a theoretical physicist, screenwriter, and best-selling author. And he wrote a book called Elastic, Unlocking Your Brain's Ability to Embrace Change. I asked him how we can adapt to a world where technology is changing faster than we're sometimes able to keep up with. And here's what he told me. There's certain ways of thinking that are more appropriate when times are not a changing, you know, when, when you are facing issues and problems that you've encountered before. Uh, and that's really logical analytical thinking where you reason from A to B to C, et cetera, and you follow the rules of logic. But that requires that the problem be pre-analyzed, they have been set up before, your goals determined, the way you're approaching it, the framework at which you think. And when, when you have all that set up, then then that kind of rational thought works really well to solve whatever issues you have. But when you, you face a situation that's new, uh, where the, the issues are unfamiliar, then you need another way of thinking because you have to first, before you can apply the logical thinking, you have to figure out what's going on. You have to figure out the framework of the issues. What are the right questions to ask? What are the right goals to strive for? What are the right assumptions to make? Or should you change your assumptions? And that is elastic thinking. Elastic thinking is the kind of thinking that's, that's really demanded when you're in a novel situation or when the things around you are changing. And that's really what's, what's happening today, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Everything is changing pretty much all the time, but it's coming at us so quickly. How do you adapt to that speed of how fast everything's coming at us all the time? Well, adapting to that is it has to do with integrating information. There are different dimensions of elastic thinking, and that's one of them. Taking information from different quarters and absorbing it, figuring out what's important and, and synthesizing it. Uh, others are you know, exploring new, new ideas, letting go of comfortable ideas, old ideas, opening yourself to new paradigms. There's a, a number of different dimensions. And in, in elastic, I, I talk about all these different uh, dimensions, and I, I give some of what psychologists call inventories or questionnaires where you can see where you stand and your abilities in different areas. And then I give certain, certain remedies or certain ways that you, where you can nurture uh, your abilities in different dimensions. But it takes all these different dimensions to be able to deal with all the challenges that, that we have today. And, you know, not just in our personal lives, but, you know, in the, in the business world, just look at uh, Encyclopedia Britannica or Blockbuster or the old taxi companies who couldn't uh, adapt to the new way and couldn't change their framework in which they ran their business. They may have had great people executing great logical analytical thought and optimizing their business within the old framework, but they couldn't see the new framework. And so they got, you know, killed by Uber and Wikipedia and Netflix and all the new companies. And that's, as a physicist, I know that very well because that's what happens in physics as well. Take Einstein. When he was doing special relativity, he was attacking a problem that had to do with the speed of light that other people were also attacking and they were doing it within the old Newtonian framework. And his theory, special relativity, is not brilliant mathematics, not deep, not complicated. Any high school kid can do it. What he had was elastic thinking to free himself from the old framework and the old assumptions and, and try out new ones, just like Wikipedia did, just like Netflix did. And 
voila, you know, he killed Newton, and now we talk about Einstein, although Newton's still really useful, too. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear the rest of our uncut conversation with Leonard on our Patreon page for free right now. Just visit patreon.com slash curiosity.com, all spelled out. You can follow Leonard on Twitter at lmolodnow. That's L-M-L-O-D-I-N-O-W. And you can check today's show notes to find links to buy Leonard's book, Elastic, along with some of his other best-selling publications and all the other links that we talk about on this show. According to a Harvard psychologist, people judge you based on two criteria, and it might not be the criteria you think. Are you making your best impression? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) So this idea comes from Harvard Business School professor Amy Cuddy. In her best-selling book, Presence, Bringing Your Boldest Self to Your Biggest Challenges, Cuddy spells out two questions you'll immediately ask yourself and answer when you meet someone new. They are, can I trust this person? And can I respect this person? According to Cuddy, people usually think competence is the more important factor, especially in a workplace setting. But she says it's better to nail the warmth before the business acumen. She says that from an evolutionary perspective, it's more important for our survival to know whether a person deserves our trust. Think about a coworker who's great at his job but cold as ice around the office. That's off-putting, right? Cuddy writes, quote, If someone you're trying to influence doesn't trust you, you're not going to get very far. In fact, you might even elicit suspicion because you come across as manipulative. A warm, trustworthy person who is also strong elicits admiration, but only after you've established trust does your strength become a gift rather than a threat, unquote. So smile and be nice before you start dropping random trivia facts you learned about on Curiosity Daily. We know we make you feel smart, but first things first. This reminds me of Albert from Twin Peaks, the forensics guy that comes into Twin Peaks and he's like a forensics master, but he has zero people skills. Yeah, definitely. Or like house. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Or what are some other pop culture references? Uh, (laughs) What do the kids say these days? (laughs) Not everyone has the same relationship with time. Seriously. There's a thing called time perspective that says human relationships with time are quantifiable but multifaceted. It comes from Philip G. Zimbardo. He's a psychology professor most famous for the Stanford Prison Experiment. He said that time is the currency of our lives, and the way you view it influences every choice you make. And he actually designed a thing called the Zimbardo Time Perspective Inventory. It's a 56-item assessment that can help you measure your relationship with time on five axes. You can find a link to take the assessment in our full write-up on Curiosity.com and in our free Curiosity app for Android and iOS. But right now, I want to talk about what those five axes are that describe your relationship with time. They are future orientation, past negative orientation, past positive orientation, present hedonistic orientation, and present fatalistic orientation. That's one future, two present, and two past orientations. Now let's break them down. First, the one future orientation. The future-oriented person cares more about the consequences of their actions than their comfort in the present. As in, you're more likely to save for retirement, floss, and drive safely. But you have a harder time enjoying the present moment or dealing with unpredictable situations. Next is past orientation, which comes in two flavors. A past-oriented person is more loyal than the typical person to commitments they've made in the past and more prone to guilt when they have to break them. They also tend to do things the way they've always done them. This past orientation can be positive or negative. 
a positive past orientation means a lot of the time you're nostalgic for your past glory days. A negative past orientation means you might dwell on past problems, even in pleasant moments. And finally, there's present orientation, which also comes in two flavors. The present-oriented person is most interested in what is, not what was or what might be. They tend to think in more concrete terms instead of abstract terms, and they give in easily to temptation and take a lot of risks since they don't focus as much on the consequences. These are people prone to procrastination and risky driving. Now, present orientation can be either hedonistic or fatalistic. If you have a present hedonistic orientation, you focus on pleasures right now instead of future consequences. You enjoy living in the moment. If you have a present fatalistic orientation, then you feel like your life is beyond your control. This means you believe in luck, but rarely make plans or work hard. Because why bother? What will be, will be. Take the assessment if you want to see where you fall and what it means for your life. Read about today's stories and more on Curiosity.com. Join us again tomorrow for the award-winning Curiosity Daily and learn something new in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Stay curious. On the Westwood One Podcast Network.